the reading today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, all the way to chapter 5, verse 1, which is page 1096, if you're using the church lovely blue Bible. It says, It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, which we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and the momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent that we lived in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, as we explore those few verses today, may be we encouraged to fix our eyes on you, the beginner, the starter, and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Good morning. Um, if I kind of um, collapse, it's because for the last five days I realize how t- tremendous job it is to be a wife, because my wife is not at home, <laughs> and so I had to look after four children, and I must say, I'm in awe of the work you do, because looking after four kids, it's really tiring. <laughs> so I hope I will make sense today. Um, this Friday, if you uh, came to my house, um, not only you would see that Vashti wasn't around, uh, but every Friday we normally eat pizza and we watch a film. That's our kind of Friday thing that we do. And so this Friday we saw this film. I don't know how many of you just by seeing the picture recognize it. Yeah, a few. There we go. I can see some, some great fans there at the back, some great enthusiasts. So this is called uh, The Greatest Showman. It's a great, great, great film. Um, and. Um, it, uh, it's based on uh, a real life, uh, the one, the life of uh, P.T. Barnum, um, who from nothing created um, a, a mesmerizing circus. Actually, the, some people think it's the birth of the circus. Um, and it's very uplifting uh, on many levels because it tackles prejudices and inequalities and social and racial barriers, but also perseverance, courage, and, and the theme of identity. And um, how it's related to our reading today is because it shows um, how the ability to see what others cannot see, um, to see the possibilities where others only see um, impossibilities, how that can sustain a person to persevere and not lose heart. And that's what Paul encourages us today in our reading, and we will only concentrate on the last few verses of chapter 4. So if you still have your Bible on page uh, 1096, we will concentrate on verse 16 to 18 and a little bit of 
the first verse in chapter 5. But we're going to look at them in reverse order. So we're going to start with verse 18 and then 17 and then 16. The passage starts with, I believe, therefore I speak. And it's a bit strange, but by just saying that, actually what Paul was doing, he was um, sending the readers back to a psalm, uh, Psalm 116. And that psalm was about uh, afflictions and pains and difficulties that Israel's went through. Uh, but coming out of it, they could see the faithfulness of God. And so they saw God's faithfulness and therefore they spoke. And this is uh, the, the mindset Paul is using because he himself was going through a lot of afflictions and difficulties. Um, this um, letter to Corinthians starts chapter 1 verse 8 by saying, I do not want you to be ignorant of all the troubles which came to me and my friends in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. And that was the context, um, the context in which he spoke. And then he started this amazing uh, passage of 16 to 18 with, therefore, we do not lose heart. So how could Paul not lose heart despite those afflictions that he was going through? Well, the first thing is that he kept his focus on what was eternal. Verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what we see, not on our circumstances, but on what is unseen, on Jesus, on his faithfulness and his plans. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And the verb here, we fix our eyes, uh, can be translated by um, we keep one's eyes on or we view that with all our resource or very intently. And it's the form of, of something that is, needs to be done continuously. It's not that you do it once and then you've achieved it. No, you have to make a choice to fix your eyes on what is unseen. And so we could translate it, we do not continuously look intensely on the things we see, but on the things we do not see. For the things we see, he goes on to explain, are temporary, but what we do not see, those things are eternal. And a good illustration of what it means to fix our eyes on Jesus maybe comes from um, another story, a well-known story from the Gospel, uh, when the disciples were in a boat and it was a storm, um, and then they saw Jesus uh, coming, walking on the water. And they, of course, were afraid because they realized, they thought, this can't be Jesus, this must be a ghost. And so um, they were really, really terrified. But Jesus, in the story, greets them and says, be of good cheers, it's me. Do not be afraid. And maybe you remember then Peter uh, spoke to Jesus and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus did so, and Peter walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, so long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. 
But then he realized that he was in the midst of a storm. And he starts looking not at just Jesus, but also at all the elements and the circumstances around him. And he was afraid. And that's when he started sinking. And the story says that he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus did save him. And then he also added a gentle rebuke. Now, I don't believe that this passage calls us to deny our difficulties, our afflictions, or our pains. Because they're real. They will affect our bodies and our morale and our abilities to function. And we need to recognize those difficult and painful things as really, real and really happening to us. And we need to treat them um, in an intelligent and realistic way. And so if we are sick, we need to go to the doctor and we need to look after our bodies and we need to follow the treatment. But I think what Paul says, it should never become our main focus because that's the natural thing that will happen. We start concentrating on what we see, on our circumstances and our pains and our difficulties but they are not what we need to look at intensively. What we need to remember is that Jesus is with us. Because those things, if we just concentrate on the circumstances, we will, like Peter, start sinking under the weight of it all. And we will lose our heart. We will lose heart. But there are times when pressures and trials of life seems overwhelming. When it feels as if everything in life is fighting against us. And maybe you have come to this church this morning feeling so weary that you don't believe you could take another step. And perhaps you are just barely holding it together today. And you feel that if life drops just one more thing on your plate, you will break. Paul knew that. He told us at the very beginning, but then also in chapter 4, he says, we are pressed on every side. Yet, because he was still fixing his eyes on Jesus, he could say, pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Because we have this treasure in an earthly vessel so that the great power of God can be shown through our weaknesses. He made an habit to fix his eyes on Jesus. Jesus who for him was the starter, the beginner, the author of his faith, but also who will perfect his faith. We need to learn to set our minds on the things that are above, the things that we can't see. And what are some of those things that we, could not, that we can't see? Well, first is that we have an inheritance. God is doing something, even through our trials. And it's very important that um, we don't equate trials with God's will. I don't think God is behind all our trials. It's part of life. But God can use those to continue his work of transformation. 
and to make sure that all that he has in store for us in that life to come will come to completion. And so we have this rich inheritance in Christ. And a passage says, through the resurrection of Jesus, he has opened our eyes to this living hope, which we can't see at the moment, an inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you and me, and kept by God's power. Now, if it's kept by God's power, nothing can snatch that from his hand. That's secure. That's what we cannot see, and, but that's what we look for. Another unseen reality is this future glorification with Jesus. That our life is not ultimately here on earth, where all the troubles and trials are, but our life is hidden in Christ, in the heavenlies. And in a mysterious way, God is going to use that. And the best picture I had was that of what I experienced when my children were born. Now, my side of the experience was easy. I watched. It was a little bit painful because my hands were a little bit you know, squashed. But apart from that, it was quite easy. But for my wife, it was like terrible. I don't know how you do it. Really, I don't know. But I think the most amazing thing really that happened is that you go through all this pain, horrible pain, and my wife decided not to have the, uh, the, the usual painkillers. Uh, I can't, you know, or you have the gas, or what is it called? What did you put at your back there? The epidural, there we go. Um, she said, I don't want it, so try to make sure I don't have it. I said, oh, I will, I will. And you know, if, if when, when you give birth, there is a time when it's too late, you know, because it's, 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 it's coming. Um, so uh, at the time, she said, I want it. She said, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> and that happened four times, so she didn't get it. <laughs> but what, what amazed me is that when Nadia, the first one, was born, I think after a few minutes, it's like half the pain was gone already, kind of nearly forgotten. And it only took a few weeks, a month, or maybe less than a year, and she said, shall we try for another one? And ended up with four. And I think something like that will happen. When all will be revealed, it will be like all our pains and all our trials and all our difficulties will be like this birth and will kind of disappear because then we will understand So that's the first. We can continue to fix our eyes on that reality, on Jesus. He's preparing something that will blow our mind. Then secondly, in verse 17, he says, Remember that whatever we go through, it will always be momentary. It says, verse 17, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will far outweigh them all. No light and momentary, that's not how we feel when we're in it. It feels a little bit like incentive, insensitive from Paul to say that when we are going through afflictions or pains or difficulties or loss, it's light. In fact, it feels sometimes downright burdensome and heavy and can feel like almost unbearable. But 
what I think Paul is trying to tell us, it's a little bit like this birth. When you will be on the other side, as in comparison of what is to come, it will feel very light. And that's the mindset he wants us to help when we're going through that something much greater and better is coming and that help us enduring the difficulties of today. From eternity's perspective, it is light. It gives us a hint of how glorious, actually, our future in Christ really is. A little bit like how glorious it is to see the birth of a person, to wait nine months. Yes, we go through those pains, but what a glorious moment when that time arrives and you can hold your baby and you can see that life. That's something that will happen. I consider that suffering at this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's what Paul says in Romans. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that's why he used that word light. There can't be any comparison. And then Paul calls them momentary. Well, there again, when you're in it, it doesn't seem very momentary. In fact, sometimes they seem unending and unrelenting. But from the perspective of the heavenly glory that we are destined in Christ, well, yes, they are momentary. And even if it's just in this lifetime, in the perspective of eternity, they will be momentary. The verb that's used here is to work and produce, or God is using that to produce a future that we can't even start imagining. The fruits that will come from us not giving up, from us persevering, from us still, even if we don't have much strength, saying, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm still going to say God is good all the time. It doesn't fail today, but I'm going to say it because it's true. God's sovereign hand is going to produce, and the verse says, an eternal glory that far outweighs our present difficulties. An eternal glory that far outweighs our current sufferings and afflictions. And so that's what Paul wanted to remember, that it's going to be for a time. And then finally, he wants to remember that it is, still, it is already producing something inside. That God is at work. That those things that happen to us uh, don't happen um, without his knowledge and without him being able to use it. I don't think that God is directly involved in some of those afflictions. But God mysteriously can redeem it, can use it. And that's why it says, all things work for the good of those who love God. All things. God can redeem all things, all afflictions, all pains, all question marks. And I know that uh, next week, Dan is going to speak of this new life. If anyone is in Christ, new life. It's starting now. And Daniel will explore that more next week. But God is doing a work now. 
through it all. And in verse 16, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Outwardly, they, those things affect us in our body. Yet inwardly, it's doing something to us also. We are renewed day by day. We are renewed day by day. We become more and more what God has in plan for us. Now, I don't believe that here it says that um, our body is, you know, it's not important because it's wasting away. Our body are important, but they're weak. They're just earthly vessels. And so that's why Paul, in verse 1, chapter 5, compares, today we live in an earthly vessel that's like a tent. But then we're going to have another body, a resurrected body, which in comparison is like a house, a strong building. And so we need to care for our body because everything we do is through it. But we also need to realize that those things that affect our body, this is just for a time. And we will receive then a new body which won't be affected by afflictions and pain and won't be affected by the worst of things, which is death because it will be a resurrected body, and death will be no more. And so our present bodies, yes, they have limitations. Yes, they're growing old. Yes, we need to start wearing glasses because we can't see anymore. And so that's the reality of being in an earthly vessel. But God is using that body to make us into something um, great in the future. And so if our earthly house, this then says, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. And so the passage encourages us not to lose heart. Not to lose heart. Not to become discouraged or faint-hearted or throwing in the towel or quitting in our service to him. And the first steps, Paul is saying, um, can take a great deal of work. It takes a resolve of the will. Sometimes it's almost a battle. But that's the decision we must take, to keep our eyes focused on eternal things in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our afflictions, in the midst of our disappointments, or our discouragements, to keep believing God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He will Make it, he will help me go through this. And then the other step is to remind ourselves that whatever present afflictions we are going through, uh, they're not disconnected from God's eternal purposes. God is able to use that for his eternal purposes. And finally, that, that will lead us to actually being able to continue to praise him, to continue to Rejoice in him, even if it's difficult. Because the eternal character that God is building through that cannot be taken away. That's going to be taken in that next phase of God with new bodies. And we will be blown away. Like we're blown away when new life is born. Like we start forgetting the pains. Glorification is that future and final work of God upon Christian, where he's going to transform all our mortal physical bodies, but also he's going to wrap up all that has happened to us 
and made something amazing. So let's be encouraged. Let's continue to trust in him. Let's not lose heart. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's know that it is just for a moment and that God is going to use that for his eternal purpose. Let's pray. Lord, wherever we are today, we choose to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. You've started a work in us. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we do feel like we want to throw the towel. But today we just want to say, God, you are good. Use all that we go through for your good purposes. And be true to your promise to give us our daily bread, just enough for today, and help us to trust in you. Thank you for those eternal purposes which are secure in your hands. Thank you that one day we will see you face to face. And all that we've been going through will seem like light and momentary. Thank you for the coming glory. We trust in you. Amen.